It is Notre Dame game day. We're going to dive into all things Fighting Irish. This is an old group, Tim. The AARP cards are out for this one, but we will get into <laughs> everything that you need to know for us. The surging Syracuse team that's won six of seven going up against one of the best teams in the ACC. We'll do our prop shop, Debundo's Digits, all that stuff coming up next on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up and welcome in. This is the Locked On Syracuse podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The only place to get daily orange podcasts. Check out the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. And thank you for making us your first listen every single day, free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube. So like the video, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts as well. If you are new to the show and have not subscribed yet, Appreciate all you guys out there listening. So Syracuse on the heels of a victory against Georgia Tech. We talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show. Winners of six of their last seven. But this is the important stretch now when you're looking at this Orange team. And it starts against a Notre Dame team that at the beginning of the season, if we were just sort of to suss all this stuff out, we probably would have penciled this one in as a win at the beginning of the season. Now Ken Palm projects it to be a 76 to 72 loss at the moment again, but this is one of those important games. As you move down the stretch here, you have to flip some of these projected L's into wins. And this is a perfect opportunity. In fact, Syracuse is given right now three projected losses, according to Ken Palm, the rest of the way Ken Palm thinks they're going to beat Miami to close out the season, but lose the next three Notre Dame on the road home against Duke on the road at North Carolina. And when you look through these next three of the projected losses, this is probably the one that I would have the most faith in winning, but yeah, that's not to say it's going to be a, a walkover victory either. Yeah, it, it is interesting, though, that Notre Dame, you know, I before we started to research them, this obviously being the first time Syracuse has played them this season, you look at their record, 19-8, and 12-4 and four in the ACC. You know they're second alone in the ACC. You know they've been surging of late. Then I went through their 12 ACC wins, and it's just not all that inspiring. Like, that's an indictment on the ACC more than anything, but this team, to me, it's not like they're in a totally different tier from Syracuse. They have been effective in the ACC, and you got to give them credit for winning the games they're supposed to win. But they're coming off a loss. The game before that, they went to overtime with Boston College, a team that they did lose to at the start of the year pretty handedly. So it's not like it's some sparkling resume, even though they are 12-4 and in the ACC. That's just kind of the nature of the ACC this year. I feel like 76-72 to on Ken Palm's pretty fair. It's just interesting to me that they're second in the ACC. Syracuse plays seventh, and this could be a preview of an ACC tournament game if the standing stood like this today. Syracuse would play the 10 seed. If they win, they'd play Notre Dame. Things will probably change in that regard, but it doesn't feel like it's a team that's in a different tier or a different level of good compared to Syracuse, in my opinion, at least. And I think that just shows the jumbling from two through what? You could probably go to maybe 10 teams in the ACC. Yeah. I mean, the, the the degree of separation between them. I will say this, okay? It is worth noting when you go about just taking care of business. And I think a re- big reason why Notre Dame has taken care of business this year is because of their age. I mean, you look at, this is a team that plays seven guys, strictly seven guys. Six of them are seniors. One of them's a freshman. 
And you'd expect this to sort of be the case. Like, okay, you're going to lose to Duke. That's fine. You're going to lose to Virginia Tech on the road. Makes sense. You're going to lose to Wake Forest on the road. Okay, you can live with that. Um, and you're also going to get a, a shock win, too, at a certain point. Like, beating Kentucky. Like, that is a great win that this yeah. Notre Dame team has. Um, but, no, there are certainly some hiccups, like the loss to Boston College earlier. But outside of that, there's really nothing inexcusable on the resume. Notre Dame they have just been a rock solid team but you also usually don't see the second best team in the ACC ranked 58th on Ken Pop right they're on the bubble it's kind of amazing that they're second alone in the ACC and on the bubble they have taken care of business against these lower teams but it also hasn't been in convincing fashion looking through their quad three games eight and one in quad three the lone loss in quad three came to Boston College way back in December when they lost by 16 they beat Georgia Tech by four. And I know Syracuse just barely squeaked out a win last night against Georgia Tech in overtime. But, you know, they beat BC the second time by four in OT, give up 95 points. They beat Howard by three. They beat mm -hmm. Pittsburgh by one. So it's kind of like they're winning some of these close games. And I find it a little odd because they're they're more of a jump shooting team, similar to Syracuse, that we talked about Syracuse has their fair share of blowouts so far against lower tier teams. They didn't do that against Georgia tech because they didn't make shots, but you would think Notre Dame would maybe have a couple more blowouts on the schedule in the ACC than they do. They've been tight in a lot of these games, but you got to give them credit. They're winning a lot of those games and it is because they're experienced. Like you said, it's a lot of names. We know Dane Goodwin, Prentice Hub, right. Cormac Ryan, Nate Lashevsky, Trey Wirtz, and Blake Wesley's now added to the fold, who's probably their best player. He's a freshman, but he's really good. I'm looking through right now because I wanted to try to make this comparison here. And it's a little off, but so one of the big things that, that people talk about with Providence is that they are a quote-unquote lucky team, right? That, yeah. That's the big thing with Providence here. They're the highest-rated luck factor on Ken Palm. And I was wondering if it was going to be the same for Notre Dame. Notre Dame right now on Ken Palm is ranked 74th in luck. And basically what that takes into account is based on your efficiency metrics, how many wins should you have? And right now, or what should your winning percentage be? I think is the better way of putting it. And right now, Notre Dame is certainly on the luckier side, but it's not anything out of the ordinary per se. Like 74th obviously is in the upper, what is that? Like upper quarter of, yeah. of college basketball right there, a little bit higher, maybe upper 20% of college basketball. But it's certainly something that, they probably have won some games that they shouldn't have this year. And, and the losses, like the losses you kind of live with because I mean, you, you got blown out against Duke and then two road ones against Virginia tech. Um, I'm talking about since the new year started, but in like the new iteration of the ACC, like the, everything has just kind of gone according to plan for them. It has the good news for Syracuse, I think is two things. One, they're not a great offensive rebounding team, 340th in the mm -hmm. nation in offensive rebound percentage on, on Ken Palm. And then also they don't really draw a lot of fouls. Like I said, they're more I was going to get to that. Team. Yeah. I yeah. noticed that with their, so their free throw, they, they break down the point distribution, threes, twos, free throws, and they're sitting about 270th in yeah. the country right now. Cause I was just looking through some of their guys and I was looking at the, their free throw percentages for each guy and like the free throws made and attempt and i was like these are pretty low numbers like only one guy has shot in over 100 free throws this year for right. this notre dame team 
Yeah, they're kind of similar to Syracuse in that regard where they do a lot of their scoring from three-point range, and that's the bad news. The The two good things I laid out, rebounding, don't draw a lot of fouls, I think is good for not having Jesse Edwards and the center situation, given how often Frank and Barama have been in foul trouble when they've been out there. But the bad news is they're shooting 37% from three on the season. They're 38th in the country in three-point field goal percentage, and they just shoot a lot of threes in a normal game anyway. So it's not like this passing around the arc and spot shooting from three-point range might throw them out of character. I mean, right now, Ken Palm has a good stat on, like you were saying, your point distribution. They're 36th in the nation in percentage of points coming from three. Syracuse is hovering around 82 or 83 in that category. So it's two teams that rely on the three a lot and shoot a lot of threes and make a lot of threes. And as we talked about yesterday, it's a pretty good arena to make some threes as well. Actually, I dug up the numbers on this. All right. I got it for you. So Syracuse, ever since they redid Purcell Pavilion back in 2009, Syracuse has played six games there. They're shooting 35% from three. So not as good as I remember it being, but when I, I dug through it, like, there were some really splashy performances that guys had. Like Elijah Hughes loved that place. He yeah. had a game in 2019 where he went six for 13. Um, and some of these numbers maybe are bogged down by one bad performance. Like I look at 2020, Buddy Beheim goes 0 for 5. But outside of that, the team shoots 8 for 21, which is pretty good. So sometimes there's one guy who has an off night that it's the bad apple spoils the whole bunch. But for the most part, this has been a, a nice little spot for Syracuse to shoot at. And I brought up the story yesterday about how the the old play-by-play guy for Notre Dame Radio, Jack Nolan, used to always say, like, this is such a great shooting haven. I once went two for two in a charity game. Like, that stuff, like, sometimes it just has a feel. And you can usually tell when you walk into an arena, like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a good shooting spot. And I, if you've ever been to Purcell Pavilion, you can kind of tell when you walk in, like, yeah, this is going to be a pretty good shooting spot here. I don't know what it is, the lighting or something like that, but you can kind of tell. Even even from TV, I think you can kind of tell, yeah, this is going to be a pretty nice place to shoot. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's definitely on the nicer side in terms of three-point shooting than the Dome or some of these other arenas. Notre Dame hit 14 of 31 threes against Wake Forest in their last game. That was a loss. They were tied for first in the ACC with Duke going into that game. So it's pretty amazing. They lost the game despite going 14 for 31 from three. That's about 45%. But the reason they lost against Wake, they got dominated on the glass and they turned it over 15 times. So I think it's going to be interesting because it kind of comes down to who makes shots. And I know that's a cliche and that's something Jim Beheim says and people mock him or joke about it. But it's pretty simple. If Notre Dame is making shots over the zone, they're probably going to win this game easily. If not, then I feel like Syracuse is pretty much just as good or better than them in kind of all the other categories that I feel like they could go on the road and win this game. Here's an interesting question. Which team has more talent? I don't It's a tough one because to me, Syracuse isn't not talented. They're just not great together. There's not mm -hmm. a lot of diversified talent, as right. we talked about. There's not a lot of athletes. Notre Dame probably has better diversification of their yeah, talent. Better pieces, yeah. Yeah. The puzzle fits but together individually, better. Individually, it's not like there's a guy on Notre Dame outside of Wesley that I look at and I'm like, man, that dude is in another planet from the guys on Syracuse. I mean, they kind of recruit the same players and are involved in the same battles. And Notre Dame's not, you know, picking up a ton of 
five stars or something. So talent's pretty even. I just think Notre Dame's a better team that they've been sort of battling the injury bug and waiting for all these guys to kind of come together. And they've recruited the team to be pieced together like this, where Syracuse didn't really recruit this team to work well together as a group because just, so many guys left. I mean, they're just a cohesive unit too. I mentioned all these guys are seniors, but not just that I, they've played together for a long time. I mean, when you look at Prentice hub, Cormac Ryan, Dane Goodwin, Nate Lashevsky, Trey words, like these guys have all played together for a long time. And it's just one of those things like, you think back to like your high school days, like you and your buddies, maybe it, if you're playing with your friends, you're going to be a lot better team than if you were to just pick sides and, and put together five random people because you've played together. You know how each one of the pieces work. Last thing that I do want to hit on too, before we get into the prop shop. Um, one thing that I think could be a, a helpful factor for Syracuse in this game is that there really isn't a shot blocking or big presence down low that scares me. Paul Atkinson's a good player, but he's not going to alter a lot of shots. He's not going to block a lot of shots. There's really no intimidating presence down low, and I think you'll be able to drive in this game. And if Syracuse can get the drive and kick game to work, I think they have a, a solid shot of winning this game. So to me, it's going to fall on, okay, what is Joe Girard going to do in that department? What is Samir Torrance going to do in that department? Because one thing I've noticed with Girard is, even though he's not necessarily taking more twos, you can see he's making a little bit more of a concerted effort to get in the lane, try to get a paint touch, and then try to kick out for something. Yeah, we're not a great driving kick team, though. A, but I think they've gotten better. That's the thing. Yeah, I think the bigger issue more so than just the fact that we aren't great at driving in general is that teams don't leave our shooters once someone does get in the lane. So if Joe Girard gets in the lane and someone's guarding Cole Swider on another team, if it's not Cole Swider, they're, they'll come off and help. And I just feel like there's not a lot of open kickout threes that Syracuse gets. We get our threes in transition or just running a set play, that play that we always do for Buddy or mm -hmm. maybe an offensive rebound. And when Jesse was out there. He was so good at just popping it right back out to buddy for three. And it feels like, like the play that buddy hit against Georgia tech, that big three in overtime. It's those type of stuff where Gerard comes up to the right wing, hands it off to buddy quick pop three. It's not necessarily Gerard gets in the lane and then he kicks it back out to someone. Right. All right. We'll get into the prop shop in just a second, but first it's the time of the year where we've pretty much given up on all of our new year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to mine. Tim's sticking to his and it is to eat right. And it's all thanks to built bar. It almost feels like it's not even a rev resolution because of how much you enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? Because if you haven't, you're missing out on one of built bars, best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat and they are covered in hundred percent real chocolate they're a fan favorite and they've got just like the regular built bar lineup an incredible variety of flavors whether it's the yummy yummy cinnamon churro the coconut marshmallow the banana cream pie all of them are so good they're going to be your new favorites and they're covered in 100 percent chocolate so whether you want to get the traditional built bars or you go with the puffs make sure you pick up a box go to built.com use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order again promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com diving into the prop shop here boy was it a rough one for me last it was week. not good yeah i was oh and five you were two and three 
I feel cheated on the the over under. Yeah, I since, got yeah, uh, since it was an overtime game that still almost went under that total that we set at 145. Um, but I digress. I did pick up an overtime under. I think we both did earlier this year, picked up an overtime under. Um, maybe it was the I think it was the Wake Forest game yeah. where I went to overtime. But um, getting into this one for Notre Dame, we'll start with the Notre Dame prop over under 11 and a half made three pointers for the fighting Irish. Like I said, I think this is the key to the game. If they get over this number, Notre Dame probably wins. Syracuse, last five games, has held teams to below their season average from three. They have not allowed double-digit three-pointers in the last five games. Last five teams have been under 33% from three. But with the exception of Virginia Tech, they've all been bad three-point shooting teams. Now we get into another good three-point shooting team. Will it stay that way? I'm going to say they hold them to like 10, nine threes. And I'm not saying they shut down defensively Notre Dame's perimeter attack, but I think they are making some strides there. And the way they played against Virginia Tech in terms of guarding the three gives me some optimism. Now you could say Virginia Tech just missed open shots in that game. So it's a tough thing to project, but I feel like they are making some strides there. Three point D wise. I think one of the things I'm going to take the over here, but one of the the things that maybe is of comfort for Syracuse fans is there's really three guys that you need to worry about. Like sometimes you need to worry about, Oh, you got two starters and then two guys that come off the bench. And what are we going to do? We're going to be chasing these guys all game long. It's going to wear you down, but there's really only three guys you need to worry about here. Shooting the three ball. It's Dane Goodwin. It is Cormac Ryan and it's Nate Leshevsky. The reason why I'm still taking the over uh, that we set here is because Leshevsky worries the hell out of me in a zone defense because he's six foot 10. He shoots 44% from three and against a zone. If he, if he gets some straightaway threes, that is a Joe Girard. That is a buddy Bayheim contest. That is a five to seven inch difference on a closeout there between the height of Leshevsky and the height of whoever's closing out on him. And that terrifies me because that is going to, be a real problem to the point where you're probably going to have to see some of the the one one three stuff and and get those forwards a little bit higher to close out on Leshevsky just to cut down the height differential. A shooting big really scares me against Syracuse. Yeah, I think that's a good point overall. And he's given Syracuse fits in the past. I feel like he's not even starting this year. I don't think for Notre Dame, but that shows you how solid their team is. He had an injury, or maybe it was COVID, that he missed a couple okay. games, so they kind of eased him back in. So I don't know if he'll be starting in this game, but yeah, he he still will get a significant number of minutes. Uh, next up, we've got Barama Sidibe after playing what did he play sixteen minutes yesterday on uh, against Georgia Tech, over under thirteen and a half minutes for Barama. I'll go over. I think Frank has been struggling a little bit, so that's going to give Barama some chances in the first half, and I like what I've seen from him. I think he's been impressive so far, at least in the last two games, and I believe he's just only going to keep getting better the more he gets some in-game experience. I'll go... This is a really good number here, because I I could see it, because he's earned deserved minutes. You know what I mean? Like, Sure, he's been thrust into the role as of late, but he, the way that he's played when he's been thrust into action, it's been it, any sort of minutes that he's getting in this Notre Dame game is probably a bump up because of what he's done in the production he's shown. So I'll go, I'll go slightly over. I don't think it's going to be anything crazy. I, I'm not too worried about Frank's foul trouble as much in this game. I think if, if Rama goes under, it's going to be his own doing and that he gets into foul trouble. 
but I don't think this is going to be a team that's really going to force the issue following wise. Um, all right, next up, who will lead Syracuse in scoring in this game? Buddy minus 145, Gerard and Jimmy each at plus 350, Cole Swatter plus 400, Frank Anselm plus 800. Man, it's tough. I mean, I want to take Buddy again. I don't think he's going to have another bad game, but I feel like any one of those four are kind of, you know, good bets in this game because Jimmy's coming off a good game. Cole Swider's been playing better. I don't think Notre Dame does a great job defending the three. They're 130th in the country in that stat, which is pretty much middle of the pack. So I'll take Buddy just because volume, he's probably going to attempt 20 shots or something. And, you know, real quick on that, I feel like, that's a huge talking point on Twitter is he only lets his son shoot Jimmy buddy. They're the only ones that take these shots at the end of games, but it's kind of, again, we talked about this a lot, but no one else is stepping up and no one else is playmakers on this team. So for me, it's not like buddy's a ball hog or coach Bayheim's giving him free reigns. It's a little bit of that, but it's also just the team requires him to be kind of a ball hog to an extent. I'm with you. Like I I've, we've said it a number of times where, okay, you can say buddy shoots a ton, but point point to where you want those extra five shots to go on the team point to it. There, there's no Coach other Ryder, option. He should shoot more. And when you look and at he the has box, as of late, yeah, he has, but at the same time, it's not in his DNA to do it. And he's never been that guy until this year. And he's doing it more lately, but he still isn't a guy that can really create his own shot all that effectively. So, it's not really Cole. Joe Girard's just really pulling up for threes. He never really gets to the basket. It's it, There's just not many guys on this team. The shots have to go somewhere, and they go to Buddy a lot because he's out there a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I think we're, we're in lockstep on that one. I'm going to go with Joe Girard, though, to be the leading scorer in this game because of the history between Joe Girard and Notre Dame. Him and Prentice Hub don't like each other. You can hmm. tell. Like, remember that two years ago, there was the yep. back and forth, the, the feistiness between the two of them. Um, I think there were some technical fouls even given out at a certain point. And it just feels like one of those games where Joe's going to get juiced up for it. He did not play well against them last year. He only had five points. But as a freshman, he had 20 in the first game, 15 in the second game. So I like Joe Girard's chances. I think he's going to try to kick his game up a notch in this one. All right, we will do our picks against the spread as well as the total coming up in just a second and all of that is coming courtesy of betonline.net because even though football might be over for the season, basketball is in full steam for both college and pro hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. It remains the best spot for all of your scores, podcasts and news this season and it's not just basketball, they've got the hockey boxing and ufc odds and coverage and information so head to the website today or use your phone to learn more about the trends and the action bet online where the game starts all right we before we do get into some of the numbers behind the spread and the total and all that we do want to get you some analytics and we haven't heard from this guy in quite some time it's anthony debundo the return he's back from the action network here he is with DeBundo's Digits. The numbers you need to know. Anthony DeBundo breaks down the biggest stats for this week's Syracuse matchup. DeBundo's Digits. On the Locked On Syracuse Podcast. I'm 
Notre Dame ranks just 321st in finishing at the rim frequency. It's not an offense that gets into the paint or to the rim particularly often. Similar to Virginia Tech, actually, from last week, the Irish shoot a lot of threes and they generate a lot of wide open looks from deep. They primarily use ball screens to do so. They're 21st in the country in catch and shoot three-point shot quality nationally, second best in the conference. They're not quite as elite as Virginia Tech, but they do make 38% of their threes in conference from beyond the arc. They did not shoot well in the beginning of the season, but they've really turned it around since they've gotten into conference play and started to shoot closer to their averages and to the quality of shooters that they have. Uh, Virginia Tech a couple weeks ago did not shoot well against the Orange from deep, but it's important to note the Hokies were expected to score about 18 more points than they actually did based on the shot quality. 60% of the threes that Virginia Tech took in that game considered unguarded. Notre Dame is a pretty slow-paced team. They don't look to get out in transition because they don't generate a ton of turnovers. They don't block a lot of shots, and they focus heavily on defensive rebounding as opposed to overcommitting on shooters from beyond the arc. That means they play a lot in the half court. They're bottom 10% in transition frequency on offense. They also don't let teams run in transition against them either. Notre Dame doesn't sell out for offensive rebounds. They tend to get back and focus on that defensively. So I'd expect, similar to the Virginia Tech game, this game to be a bit of a slower pace than maybe you're used to seeing with Syracuse this season with all the points flying. But that being said, I do like the matchups that both offenses have against opposing defenses. I'll get more into that later. But first off, one big concern. Short rest for the Orange has not been good for Syracuse when they've had two or fewer days to prepare for a game. Arizona State was a nice win. They got pummeled by Auburn. Then they played Cornell at home on short rest, failed to cover the spread, looked very flat in that game. And then just Monday night, uh, turning it over a ton uh, against Cornell. Well, the issue on Monday wasn't exactly turnovers, but just how flat they were. Buddy Beheim looked a little leggy, a little tired, and, and the Cuse really failed to get some energy going in a game they were nine-point favorites and barely snuck out at home by one, uh, maybe a little fortunate to win that game. It all makes sense given the short bench, forcing the Orange to play extra minutes, forcing them to play minutes on short rest. Doesn't go well for a team who has to play a lot in a short period of time. Just ask St. Bonaventure, who's had similar issues on short rest this season just down the road in western New York. When we get back into this matchup, I actually like the matchup for the Syracuse offense against the Notre Dame defense, though. As lead as this Notre Dame offense is, the defense is better at protecting the rim than it is at protecting the paint, or than it is protecting the three-point line, rather. Notre Dame's defense, 55th in finishing at the rim defense, but outside the top 100 at guarding the three-point line. So they will give you open looks from beyond the arc. We saw what Duke was able to do. They made a lot of threes against them. I think Syracuse will get open looks. It really is just a matter, do they have the legs to knock them down on short rest? It could be a difficult matchup for them. But while I'm expecting a slower pace, I do expect both offenses to be rather efficient. I also don't think Notre Dame's quite as good as the market is suggesting right now. Notre Dame right around 50th in Bart Torvik. Uh, not that much better than Syracuse in some of these metrics. I think this game might be a little tighter than some are thinking, and it's another opportunity for Syracuse to pick up a quad one game. It's looking more and more like the Orange are going to need to win out if they want to make the tournament. So while I like the matchup, I don't love the spot for the Orange and generally don't have a strong opinion on this game, but overall would not be surprised if the Orange went to South Bend and pulled off a victory. Always good to have Anthony on the show. Back from the Action Network, a little bit of a hiatus. This is a jam-packed stretch. He is going to have digits for Duke as well. So we are, are looking forward for to that. We got to yeah. have him for Duke. Yep, got him. All right. 
Let's dive into the, the spread in total here. Numbers are not out. We're recording this in a Tuesday afternoon, trying to get this out to you guys a little bit earlier. Right now, Ken Palm, we alluded to it earlier, has Notre Dame as a 76 to 72 victor over Syracuse in this one. Where are you sitting on Syracuse and a plus four point spread against Notre Dame? You know, I think I'm going to go out on the ledge here and just say it. I think Syracuse wins this game. I, I really do. I think Notre Dame is a little bit overrated, if anything. Again, I look through their schedule. I feel like the way Syracuse is playing right now and the way they're playing is pretty comparable. They're pretty much playing just as good as each other. It's just Notre Dame went through a nice run, and I don't like how they're trending in the last two games, almost losing to BC at home and then losing to Wake Forest on the road. They've eked out some close games. I feel like they have a little bit more to play for considering they're on the bubble. They're in the thick of the ACC regular season race. They are at home. It's a game they're expected to win. I just like, albeit a tough spot for Syracuse, I like that they're going in with the mindset of, all right, let's go grab this one. It's a team we know we can beat. And it's just going to come down to who makes more shots, which sounds, again, like a cliche. But if the three-point defense is just respectable against Notre Dame, I really think Syracuse wins this game. You know, you brought this up yesterday on the show with these two teams, how the road team actually does pretty well in the series. And you were right. I looked it up. The last five meetings, the road team is 4-1. and one. Yeah, so and five of the last eight they've won as well. I so that is certainly a trend to follow there. I just think this is too tough of a spot for Syracuse. You're playing your third game in five days. You don't play a lot of guys to begin with. You've got injuries that you've had to deal with this season. I don't know how healthy Barama is on a third game in five days stretch as well. I just I can't see Syracuse pulling this one out. I, I just think that there's two. There's, there's just something like there's a star on the other side, and then you've just got experience galore with this Notre Dame team that's a, a very cohesive unit. And you talk about a team that takes care of business too, like beating Syracuse at home would be taking care of business, and that's just sort yeah. of been their MO all season long. So in terms of a four-point spread, I'll take Notre Dame, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout of any sort. I think it'll end up being in the, the five- to seven-point range for a victory, and it might be free throws that end up deciding this at the end. Yeah, I could see, like you're saying, that the storyline after this game is Syracuse just got tired at the end on the road. Notre Dame goes on a run, almost like Virginia Tech. Maybe it doesn't get to a 12-point deficit at the end if they lose, but it's one point with five, six minutes remaining. They kind of fall back into some bad habits, isolation offense. They get tired, don't make shots down the stretch. That could happen, and that's my cause for concern, but I just feel like this is kind of a classic ropey back in win right before the Duke game. Then it builds a lot of hype for that game. Yep. Coach K's final game in the dome. And I don't know. I think it's, it's a bad spot, but it's also a spot where Syracuse is trending, comes in with some confidence and Notre Dame only plays seven guys too. So, you know, late in the season, I'm not sure they're going to be the freshest of any team in the country. It's not like they're going up against a team that's been sitting there for a week and plays 10 or 11 guys. So, it's not the most confident upset pick I've ever made, but I feel like Syracuse, if they just stop the three-point shot or limit it a little bit, they will win this game. Yeah, and I, I think you're spot on in, in whoever's going to make the big threes down the stretch, especially in the second half. I think you, it'll be very telling by the time we get to the under-16 timeout in the second half who's going to win. 
I think you'll be able to, to determine a victor by then. So we'll 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 see. Um, 148, the number that is being set by Ken Palm as a total for this game. A little high for me, especially yeah. with two uh, slower-paced teams. Again, two teams that are very proficient offensively and nothing to write home to defensively. But 148, you got one team that's playing its third game in five days. I, I just can't see this thing going over the 148. Yeah, it could be a tight game. So maybe that free throws late doesn't help you or overtime potential, which burned you in that Georgia Tech game, the last game. Hard to see them going overtime back-to-back games, but you never know. It feels, I mean, Notre Dame's tempo, 278th in the country. It feels like they're going to be pretty slow, methodical on offense. I'll say this. I think Syracuse, and this is kind of weird because usually I'm the opposite, but if it gets in the neighborhood of 85 points i think that favors notre dame as the home team because that means they're making shots and it just feels like syracuse isn't going to make more shots in a shooting contest on the road against a solid team but i i usually lean more towards if it is a higher scoring game syracuse has a good shot so it's just an odd game in that regard that i think if notre dame comes out and they're making shots early they're probably going to win this game the only way Syracuse wins is if they throw them out of their rhythm on offense by them just not hitting threes out of the gate. But right. numbers say they should hit threes in this game. As much as I went under, I went under on 11 and a half. That's a ridiculously high number for threes. Right, exactly. <laughs> yep. All right, that is going to do it for us on our Notre Dame preview. We'll be back to recap the game, and before you know it, we'll be previewing Duke. It is the, it is the grinder week of Syracuse basketball. Five games, ten days And we are getting you ready for it here on the Locked on Syracuse podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every single day. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. That includes YouTube. We will talk to you guys tomorrow with all things Notre Dame.